Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Talking pro day. Maybe we get to spring ball. We've also got a couple of uh, interesting kind of off-the-radar items to get to. One we'll get to. A couple we'll get to at the top, actually. Before we get to pro day, I want to I mention this because this is the biggest piece of news Uh-oh. that has come down in the Tom Herman era. Oh, Now, those of you watching this on video might be wondering why I'm wearing my South Carolina coach's shirt today. Oh, oh It yeah, is because yeah. Tom Herman, this is the biggest coup of Tom Herman's tenure so far i'm not talking about bowl wins or top three recruiting classes yeah or you know whatever else tom herman to his coach upcoming coaches clinic on the 40 acres has added to the speakers list will Muschamp. Well done. the spirit animal of longhorn blitz is Amen. coming back to Beautiful the 40 man. acres there you go. and i am thrilled yes yeah. what date is this? you gotta try to find a way into that thing you got to rod b you this is this is where you get there. back in on the 40 rod b yeah. gotta get to find a way in there because i gotta go see Muschamp. Who's Isn't Marvin, Muschamp Lewis is the, Marvin Lewis is the, the keynote, keynote speaker? speaker yeah. But I don't know now. If you're bringing Will Muschamp and you're it's having Austin. Will Muschamp talk ball to a bunch of high school coaches, yeah, that to me makes Will Muschamp the uh, the featured speaker. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and of course he used to be, of course, the D.C. here. So I don't know. I got to get in there somehow. So yeah. thanks to Tom Herman for it's taking Will thing. Muschamp's advice and doing his job yeah. and getting Will Muschamp back to 40 acres. Well, it just shows you, too, class. that there's a certain respect level that, that at least Tom Herman has for him because I don't think Tom Herman would bring him in if he didn't we, think he, was, he had cash. Shake. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? We need to get Will Muschamp on this show at some point. True. We've got to I'll get Will Muschamp on this podcast. We can get podcast. him on like this. We'd have to hit off-season. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, nothing he doesn't want to do interviews <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you had to be in the off-season. Yeah, yes. you got to pick the perfect time. Yeah. While he's in town, that'd be so good to sit. Tell him to come in and talk. Just mm. diagram one play, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just Actually, see uh, what it looks like. When I found out, I put on Twitter, obviously, the uh, the time in the Colorado game where he punched the whiteboard at halftime. Oh, yeah. And it was pointed out to me on Twitter. He's like, you know, the most amazing thing about that was was how quickly he drew up that formation, like angrily just boom, 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 just knocked don't, it out. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't. Rod B, boom, through high school, college, and the NFL, how many times have you seen coaches like struggle to like draw up a formation? Like, was it twins? No, it was twins. It was open set. Hold on, hold on. Let me um, read this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do see it because, I mean, especially in high school, I think I saw it more. At the NFL, you don't see it a lot. In NFL, it's almost like common practice for them to draw. <laughs> so you're saying like that's like the litmus test? Like you go, like, say you're rapping and you ask a guy to freestyle to see if he's a good rapper it's like you football coach all right draw me up and see how fast he can do yes yeah, yeah i know what that's what they ask you to do too. <laughs> there's, that, there's that gif of randy whitman on the sideline with the wizards where he's trying to like get the whiteboard he's like wait nope this is he flipped <laughs> it <laughs> like, oh, what they even know how to work the whiteboard they're trying to draw an inbound yeah. play he can't well, when you go into interviews and when malik jefferson goes to visit dallas cowboys i'm sure they're going to ask him to diagram a play hey show me this mm-hmm. uh, coverage that you did and they'll have like the offensive players lined up like hey would you line this up or something they always ask you to go to the dry erase yeah. board that always is one of the the litmus tests of football knowledge and football IQ. I mean, truth is, and not not knocking them, Mac Brown never drew up a play in front of me. No need right. to. I, I never saw him drop a play, which Running makes me, you know, uh, as I know that he is a CEO. He wasn't, you know, he was a foot, he, like, football coach at one point, but he'll ask Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman always complained about Mac Brown mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point where he transferred, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because <laughs> he's the OC, because, you know, that's not really Mac's strength. Mac's strength was as a delegator. He, he did know how to pick out talent. Go look at his assistant coaches and his coaching tree. Uh, even the second uh, reincarnation of Mac Brown in 2011, look at that coaching tree now. Manny Diaz and Brian Harson and Will Muschamp we just talked about. Like, Mac knew what the hell he was doing when it came to picking coaches, but in terms of his football IQ, uh, right. I mean, Mac never gave me coaching. He never coached me in a DB technique like uh, Tom Herman does, and I heard Tom Herman goes around like, hey, yeah. hey, hey. Uh, Where are your hands? Get your, get your foot, get your feet real right. Your feet are, in, are facing the wrong way, and that's why you're doing this, and that's why your hips are going this way. Uh, and, uh, you know, Nick Saban does that, and, and Urban Meyer does that. 
that Mac Mac was doing. Mac was hanging out. There was boosters at practice while he was talking. You to know what I uh, what I <laughs> which what is I good. Dig, what I dig <laughs> about Tom <laughs> Herman. We'll talk yeah. Texas practice. Maybe we we might have some time in this show to talk spring football. We're gonna devote a lot to pro day. One thing I dig about Tom Herman Rod when I go out to practice, it never changes. The one and and we I never really saw Charlie Strong drift to the offensive side of the field or with with the offensive drills yeah. and the Charlie Strong practices I saw. He knows his. Side. But Tom Herman, every practice I've been to, it never fails. The one drill he's with the defense and it's like with Todd Orlando running that drill is pursuit drill. Yeah. And I wrote about this on the site and I, I harped on it last year. I don't know if people really picked up on it or maybe people are just tired of me talking about it. But <laughs> if you want to know too. why Texas led the country in defensive touchdowns last year, go watch them run a pursuit drill. Yeah. Because they practice intercepting a ball or, or recovering a fumble and it is the job of the other 10 guys to create a convoy to block, to find somebody mm-hmm. to block. And you watch it, right? Go back and watch their defensive scores. The minute the turnover happens, you got 10 other guys looking for a different color jersey to go blue. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I dig about Tom Herman. Is it's it's that you can call it attention to detail, detail or whatever, but, you know, one thing this program is going to pride itself on is non offensive touchdowns and defensive scores. Mm-hmm. And when the head coach is that involved with that drill, that's why Texas is so good at it. And that's where, like, you hear the cliche, and we always talk about about luck and being lucky. And sometimes it comes back to a quote. I'm like, I don't know if Royal was the first one, but it's also about just preparation, meeting opportunity. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily, you can't always deem if it's luck or not, but if you're prepared for that opportunity when thrown into it unexpectedly, you may perform better in the chaos than other people, and that's where if you have done all those details, all the things you're speaking of, you can put your team in that situation that in those situations where sometimes luck decides them, your framework's going to set you up for success better than others. Yeah, and the everybody does the pursuit drill, but you're right in terms of putting a lot of uh, importance on it in terms of the whole entire uh, team, not just the defense focused on it because it's a defensive drill. To have a head coach over there that really involved in it, I never thought about it, but yeah, I agree with you 100%. And it was important too. I mean, we get called back for it if he they found somebody wasn't giving 100% and somebody wasn't sprinting uh, to the mm-hmm. sideline. And yeah, for the guys on the other side of the field, it's more of a challenge for them because they have to rally to the football. Right. Or if somebody dropped the interception mm-hmm. that you know coach had or, dro- or didn't get the fumble and everybody comes back and, and they have to do it again. So yeah, it's a lot of importance on it, but it's about having a party at the football. Like that's the mentality, we, or that's what we used to call it. It's a party at the football. Mm. When, when they watch the film, ideally, you should have all eleven guys around the ball by the time someone gets down. Like ideally, mm-hmm. doesn't happen all the time because trust me, deep in the back, and I'm I'm somebody guy ran me on a deep route or a post, so I don't necessarily get back to the hole like I should. But ideally, you should because that's how you keep guys from getting big plays on offense because they break a tackle. But if everybody's rallying to the football, right. watch, watch great defenses. Most of the time, they have a ton of guys rallying to the football, cutting off the different cutback lanes for runners and for ball carriers. So ball carriers are always looking like, damn, that guy's coming at that angle. He's coming from this angle. And that's why you'll see guys, you'll see, you ever see a guy like on the, on the TV copy that they'll stop and make a, a football move and nobody's really in the picture? Mm-hmm. Oh, there are people in the picture, they're coming. Full yeah. speed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, he's coming. It's yeah. about a half a second and he's that's coming. And that dude's already like, oh, I've got to make a move here. And he's like, hey, nobody, just run straight. It's like, no, 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 yeah. run straight, and you go about, you're about to get your head taken off. And I think rallying at the football, it, it breeds that mentality. And when they watch that film, and I've had people tell me this that I've played against uh, in college, when they used to watch the film of us rallying to the football, that's intimidating, man. That's psychological intimidation yeah. for an offense. Like, damn, man, ain't no, there's no free inches. There are no free yards against this team. Like, you got to work for every damn thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes them play a little tighter. And it also, like, it goes along those lines where you talk about, like, football philosophies or ideologies, and it reminded me of what the Spurs do with the idea of the party with the football sort of reminds me of the way the philosophy of Spurs passing and getting the culture of passing so you get your hand on the ball and everybody is yeah. looking because it involves the other yeah. but it also then motivates others to be more engaged because and, the ball. and it yeah. isn't necessarily anything about the individual person they all want to win they're all trying their hardest but it's different type of whole overarching principles that you see that same thing with Kerr Utah and uh, it was whenever Boris Diaw joined up with Quinn Snyder the old Spurs coach went and do that up there at Utah is what they're doing now. You see all sorts of different teams having different type of ideas. It reminds me the same way because it gets that engagement. Once you're engaged, then it gets this feeling that you're actually going to be reciprocated and it's just going to always guarantee that that baseline of those things that you worry about not showing up or whatever eliminates those things constantly. So if you build your whole program around these things, you can be set up for success. Yeah, people would get, you would get like compliments from coaches like, oh man, 
and you wouldn't even be involved in the play. But like I saw Babers rally from forty yards away to make sure that he was there and to, uh, like, to be well, in on the tackle. Yeah. Like that's the guy they would compliment because that guy's giving Max Murphy that wants to be around the ball. And you're right, it does feed. That and then the, and then y'all mentioned. are like, yeah, but that's sort of, that's what we do. It isn't necessarily something that's remarkable that they're pointing out to you. Yeah. It's just what you do there. So that's a cool part that you'd be able to differ- like differentiate you from your opponents. Along those same lines, Rod, I just want to throw this out to you as, as a defensive guy, and it's why Texas is so good at some of the things they do defensively, and you're starting to see them become habits. Another drill that I love that Todd Orlando runs, and he pointed this out uh, at the Angelo Clinic last summer. After pursuit drills over, they have a period where they just work on spotting the ball on different hashes and getting lined up as quickly as possible. Man. How do you yeah. handle getting yeah. lined up quickly against tempo offenses? You practice it. Practice well, it. and with yeah. wider splits being in college, there's more place that you can line up. So, I mean, if you're breaking a huddle and normally you run 10 feet over there, like those extra couple seconds to reshuffle and get set down, who knows? Maybe that is it's winning. Like, oh, no, it's like exactly. you snap. I never thought about that. That's cool. It's like they'll line it up on the left hash and then boom. All right, 10 yards up, right hash, go, 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 go. And then boom, five yards up, left hash, boom, five yards up, middle of the field, boom, 10, yeah. 15 yards up, right hash. Just And it's just practicing on getting guys, getting it ingrained in your mind that, hey, when that ball gets spotted, the first thing you got to do is line it. Whole yeah. offensive line is going to look like kickers and have memorized steps that you're going through before each snap. No, it's, uh, I'm a, I mean, going back to Coach Aquino, alignment assignment. He was like, those are the first two things you got to figure out. Then after, he said, don't forget about that, alignment assignment. Don't get caught up in what's going on with the offense and how their tempo is. Don't get caught up. If the ref just called a penalty, don't get caught up in anything. Alignment, assignment. Get that done and then start making all your checks and then start communicating. Yeah. So it's the same mentality. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing how football is still the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can talk Teaching football principles from and- the guy from the 60s and the 70s and then we can still talk it as well with that same guy and then we can talk to it, you know, talk to young men about it or Shanahan right now is on the cutting edge of it mm-hmm. and it's still the same. But everybody's got a different language for it. Everybody teaches it a different way but it's still the same technique. It's still the same concepts all throughout. You the know what I mean? Drill, alignment, yeah. assignment. We always say, alignment, assignment. Align- <laughs> What's your alignment? What's your alignment? What's your assignment? What's your alignment? What's your assignment? I can see them screaming it right now. Alignment, assignment, alignment, assignment. And you really, you learn like, all right, alignment, assignment. Oh, boom. All right, I got my alignment. I'm in cover two. All right, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, boom. When I want to get the number two. You know what I mean? And you learn, you go through your progressions. And that's, I remember him doing that way, way back in the day, but that's their version of it. Now for him, for the millennials, for him to teach it to the millennials, yeah. he's doing it a different way. And the, I, other, the other drill I appreciate is... Everybody except corners because corners were working on. And Jason Washington's really big on staying low and, and good footwork. And, and, you know, he yeah. had this deal, Rod. I don't, I've never seen it before, but he had like, it was almost like rubber cuffs, right? That DBs had tied around their ankles so your feet don't go further than shoulder width apart. And he's working on like boxers. You know, a, lot boxers of wor- a lot of work with the, sh- yeah, a lot of work with shoots. Do. But yeah. all the other position groups on defense during individual, all practicing across the bow tackling. Why is Texas, why was Texas such a good tackling defense last year? Mm-hmm. You practice it every single day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look at what Tyler Landle said about Houghton Hill. He said he was the best tackler on the team. Um, that's probably why he was the best, highest-graded defender on the team by pro football yeah. focus. He was. He was a, so, so, yeah, I agree with you on that. That's yeah. why t- teams didn't get a lot of big plays because they were sure tacklers mm-hmm. on the team. All right, break time on the show. But on the other side, it's more pro day talk, NFL draft talk, and spring football talk. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Walmart Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. And let's get kind of one of the elephants in the room out and, and discuss it for a couple minutes. Um, media access was not great at Pro Day this year. Man. And that's a stark difference. Matt, we covered Pro Day together. I think the first one we did was the Pistolas year that, McCoy. Uh, I think the first one you and I covered together was uh, the year that uh, like Emmanuel Ocho and Keenan Robinson and Keiston Randall gotcha. came out. Yeah. And it used to be where the measurements were done in Moncrief and you could hear like guys' wingspans being called out, mm-hmm. heights, weights, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the bubble, and you could like hear numbers. And I remember, no, they would they would shout them out. Yeah, oh, yeah. and I remember in the Matt way room, having like, shout them out. Matt Notebook, having, I took notes on them all. Matt yeah. having charts and stuff, yeah. and us writing numbers. I remember down. that. Um, we know we no longer get to hear measurements and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. that's done, which is fine. I mean, it's whatever. Um, but you can't really hear or know what guys are doing on the bench press, the vertical. Uh, no times are getting called out, so you really you're really yeah. kind of on your own, and you're a little distance out. away and from you're the seventy action. yards away from where most of the stuff. So is. 
basically, yeah. so yes, even trying to eyeball stuff it's or hard. binoculars, it's still hard. So basically, me and my couch at home, I well, could watch it on Longhorn Network and probably got a better perspective. No, because LHN didn't televise it yep. live, so you wouldn't have been able to no. sit on your couch yeah, and watch yeah. it. So it was impossible to have any perspective. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I don't know why they didn't do it live either. But and maybe they, and this is my, my theory was yesterday that, and I can still, you know, obviously just still my theory, is that Tom Herman and LHN wanted to make that appointment viewing. And when it's not restricted access, when it's just full access, those numbers, not only are they kind of uh, just called out and everybody has access to them who are at the event, but everybody's on social media tweeting it out. And we know that Tom Herman likes to control information. We know that. Right. All right. He's, he learned when that he first from came the in, He talked to, you know, parents about, hey, you know what I mean? You know, remember the, the Brian Davis report about, yeah. hey, don't talk to the media. And then he reports that he talked to a parent that said he told them not to talk to the media. Right. You know what I mean? So because he wants to control. He doesn't like leaks and all that messed up late in Mac Brown's era where everybody's breaking news and all this kind of stuff. He doesn't like that, man. He's like, he's kind of CIA pop when it comes to that kind of stuff. So he likes to control information. I think that he does have a sports marketing, sports entertainment background because he used to work in it himself, but he's got people on his staff that worked at LHN as well. So he understands that it could be a propaganda machine. It, yeah. it is the, it is the, and I'm not making this up. This is how, truly what I believe is the most disappointing, wasted potential advantage probably in the history of modern sports. Without question. Like, you know what I mean? Because nobody you have else, your own freaking network. Yeah, and nobody else has their own network, and yet it has been largely disappointing. Now, Texas sports has been largely disappointing, too, so I'm sure those two things go hand in hand. But my point is, I think Tom Herman actually is the coach, unlike Mac, because Mac didn't like him, even though Mac is a media guy. I mean, yeah. that's what Mac does very yeah. well. You it was thought, just sort of came it, out of nowhere. If and it was like, a yeah, younger sure. Mac, Mac would have embraced it, but it was right. an older Mac, and he was crotchety. He was in his grandfather days. Mac had a bigger fish to fry. We all agree with that after 2010. Oh, and, that thing. and then Charlie it. Strong really didn't want to be involved in it at all. He wanted to focus on only football. He didn't want to talk to boosters or anybody. So Tom Herman's the first coach in Longhorn Network history to actually be kind of Longhorn Network friendly. He's young. He loves social media. So has social media samurais on his staff strictly so that he can, he can just put out propaganda about how great Austin is, how great Texas is. Look at what we're doing. We're having pool parties. We're playing volleyball. We're awesome. You know what I mean? Like, that's all you... It yeah. is. It's straight up propaganda mm-hmm. if you follow any of their social media accounts. So he's all about it. And I think he wants to help out LHN. And I think this is Tom Herman and LHN basically working together to make that appointment viewing. Because now it is. We didn't have anything leaked out. There were not a lot of numbers that leaked out. There were a few. But you had to watch the actual, you had to watch that special just to make sure. Or their one hour or whatever coverage. Or unless you buddied up make, with the scout. They wouldn't let, yeah. They, they, the so they wouldn't let you actually get that, right. that access. So it was restricted access. They only allowed TV cameras. And what does TV do? They got to go back and cut it up. They got times they're on. They're on at 6. They're on at 8. They're on at 9. Whatever the hell. For, you know what I mean? You know, of a, yeah. uh, and of a four-minute sports segment, exactly. 45 seconds might he be He understands that. And for the, the, the newspaper print, too, he understands they got to go write them stories. They're not going to just go put stuff. They got to go write those stories, write it up, put it on the website, and then print comes out a little bit later. But the 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 website folks, they're all about putting yeah. it out there as soon as possible. That's just the, that that's the, the culture of that industry yeah. is to put it out there as quick as possible. He knows that. Yo, that's why he's got social media samurais. But he's decided, no, no, no. I want to control this information. I want to control it for a purpose to make Longhorn Network appointment viewing. It's him. It, to me, it's him doing them a favor. Or vice versa. I don't know. But it's it's them working together. And that was my theory yesterday. And I, yeah, I stick with it. I just, uh, to me, I, a couple things at play. One, I think LHN horrifically dropped the ball. If you want to give LHN exclusivity, that's fine. But, uh, you know, I watched the one-hour Pro Day special, and I'm watching. I'm like, this is it. This is what, this is what you put all your eggs in this basket for yeah. you're doing four days of live broadcasting from texas relays no disrespect to texas relays who's gonna watch that I'm who's bad, gonna sit and watch live coverage that. of texas that relays cra- i don't know why track and field when i'm at track and field exactly. i don't want to be there it's like how much money they're spending to just staff people to run that to run track to track and field really so wow. I, I didn't understand that part i'm with you and i i realize a lot of fans don't want to hear about media members like me complaining about access like nobody wants to hear about that of course but i'll say there's two things at play it's important number one if you don't want us there, like you don't want to give us access, then just don't let us be there. Like it's almost like a, it's a wait, not almost, it is a waste of yeah. time to say, hey, be here at eight thirty. <laughs> By the way, you're not really gonna get anything worth having you're, until eleven thirty or literally noon. in timeout, so, yeah, in the corner, pretty over much. There. And none of this was communicated to us ahead of time of what the not. access was gonna because be. Then you guys wouldn't have come. Exactly. I still need you guys to come and cover it. Even you tweeting out how much you're upset about it mm-hmm. is still coverage. It's the Donald Trump free media lesson we all learned. Just get the damn free media. Lavar Ball learned to get the free media. Who gives a da- 
I'll sort it out later. Right. But let me just, people are talking about me. That's better. Tim Brewster. Me, people talking about me is better than people not saying a damn right. thing about me. So, this is when Johnny Manziel just went to AM. It was pro that. There's that <laughs> in play. There's, there was no communication, and yeah. it's just a waste of time. And that's the that's the frustrating thing for me is, you know, I, with the baby and not sleeping, I could have used, the, you know, an extra Man. two hours of sleep that's on, on Wednesday. <laughs> that's morning. real. But that's, that's neither here that's nor awesome. there. The other thing is, if you're a fan and you don't care, I understand that. But if at some point, if it keeps going the way it's going, and this is kind of what makes me frustrated about being a beat writer in this industry and why sometimes I wonder why I still do it. At some point, all the information you're going to get, it's going to be from the university. It's going to be funneled through the school. It's going to be what they want you to hear. So <laughs> don't count on getting any unbiased reporting. It's going to be all sanitized and what the programs want you to hear. And this isn't a Texas thing. This is yeah. across college across, football. Yeah. You know, Rod, you've been around long enough mm-hmm. and you were at that level. In the NFL, there are certain parameters in place with the Pro Football Writers Association, with the Basketball Writers yeah. Association in the NBA, the Baseball Writers Association. Certain amount of access is almost is guaranteed. Right. So there's a certain the level yeah. of there's a level of understanding that hey, stuff is going to get out that teams don't want out, but that's just the way that's it is way because it is. that's how it operates. We got we have other industries covering us that are based on that access. Right. Like they, their entire industry is based on that. Access. College athletics is just a different deal, mm-hmm. and at some point, I just feel like if you, it's like, well, you know, the information is going to get out. Yeah, but if you want unbiased reports and you want, you know, yeah. a not watered down, sanitized version of it, which is what Longhorn fans crave, mm-hmm. we, they want the real. They at some it. point, you're not going to get that. Well, yeah. and modern fans just in the world, we want it in, as organic and original as we get we now can. on social as media because we can get it. That, that's yeah. how we get it delivered to us. So that is an odd spot that when the sports that we love, you still have that old guard protecting the message. But then with these guys having it be the kids in specific to pro day, looking at th- their futures, I could at least understand if I'm, say, Texas, and knowing the way that, well, if this kid messes up and we have live footage and all this, kid's done, you know, the way modern society is, is like, he had no right shot. Point. So right I really point. have a feeling that th- they also understand that and knowing that it truly only matters what the scouts think. Mm-hmm. So if it's coming down to, because this isn't for the top-end guys like Connor to showcase his skills on how high it'll go. Texas Pro Days for the kids just hoping to get one into camp and some of the fringe guys to the maybe Ford's get it. The Ford's Foreman's. Yeah, and, Antoine Davis. So Jason those are the, so I at least yeah. can see if they truly do care about the kids and now it blurs on the line of being also protective and like getting that propaganda out the way Jeff is. But if it's just pertaining specifically in this one case but, to the kids' future, I see maybe them having a motive to protect it. Not that I agree with it, but a good workout is going to get out there too. It's just the bad one's going to kill you. But from, what I, from what I hear, and and I, that's a really good point. But from what I hear at, at U of H, this was not the case. Right. If you're going to have so, a bad workout, oh yeah, no, for, just saying, I don't know if it's about protecting. If the you've kids, got point in it, you got to protect all the kids. If you've got you representatives of all 32 you know I mean? NFL oh, yeah. teams there, and you have a bad workout, it's, it's not going to matter anyway. what I write. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's right. Anyway. It's over. Yeah. But I'm just saying it wouldn't be live. So that's just a first thought that came into my mind when we're trying to think about what's the motivation behind this. That may be. I think it's obvious what the motivation. Trump's motivation. It's obvious what the motivation is. He wants to control information. It's that simple. For sure. That's what I'm saying. Whether for what intention he wants to do it, we don't Mm -hmm. give a damn about that. I really don't care because I'm just going to be guessing. You want to control the information. You want to control what's coming out and when it's coming out and how it's being perceived. Cool. You know what I mean? Like I know that now about him. But you know what? He's he's got he's he's a CEO. So he I think he deems that was best for the program. To me, Mm -hmm. I think it's him and LHN like working hand in hand. Because it benefits who does it benefit? When you're trying to figure out a mystery, figure out who benefited from it. Watch Dateline enough. Who benefited from the murder? (laughs) You know what I mean? Who wins because this person is dead? Who wins because this legislation was passed? You look at who benefits, and that's really, in my opinion, where you start your investigation, your theories. Longhorn Network benefited more than anybody. Mm -hmm. More than anybody. (laughs) Because they had exclusivity to it. And they dropped the ball. Well, that's that's something they've been doing for a while, but you get my point. So I think they, I think them and and Tom Herman, and I don't know how he benefited from it, but I, I think he gets control of information, which he wants to do, but I think that is really the culprit here. And by controlling the information and getting out the ones you want or not having it be perf- out there live, then it may benefit the program if the kids look better than, say, they would have if he hadn't filtered the information or filtered the way that it's covered. Yeah, I mean, that was my theory yesterday on the show. I'm sticking with it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's those two entities. All right, guys, let's take a timeout, but when we come back, it's more Texas football talk on the other side. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7.com. 
Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. So I talked to Mike Mayock at Pro Day, and he said, you know, I just asked him his thoughts on the Texas program, and he had a couple things that really stood out to me. One was he said when he watched Texas on tape, and he said he ended up watching a lot of Texas because when he was evaluating the quarterbacks for this draft, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph, and he said he's told NFL coaches and scouts, hey, if you want to evaluate these three quarterbacks, watch the Texas tape because it's almost back-to-back-to-back, and that was the best anybody played those three quarterbacks all year. He loved the way he loved how hard Texas plays on film, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, he loves what Todd Orlando's doing defensively. So yeah. you could tell they're doing different things defensively that other Big 12 defenses aren't doing, and, and they've got some talent on that it's side a lot of the ball. He's using a lot of uh, pro, uh, popular pro concepts. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly had some talent on that side of the ball defensively. Mm-hmm. He said the other thing that he really liked is how hard this current team is working in the weight room and, and how Yancey McKnight, the ship he runs over there, which we know the testing numbers and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff, that stuff speaks for itself. But Rod, you're, you're slowly but surely it's been a long climb back, and Texas Tech is a long way to go to get back to the top of the mountain. But you're slowly but surely starting to see all that stuff that adds up to being a championship program starting to come. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's it's what's going to happen is, uh, and hopefully it happens in the next two or three years. The roster is going to get to the point where, as we pointed out before on the last podcast, where the best matchups and the most competitive matchups you're going to see are going to be in practice. Talented depth, you know what I mean? Uh, and and that's how Alabama is, and that's how Georgia is probably right now, and Clemson in Ohio State and you know Florida State was at one point USC will get back there that's how that's how you know you're going to contend for a national title every year and we were like that in 2001 and 2002 and Texas was there in 04 and 05 and know about 0809 actually i don't know if you can say that in 0809 you know what i mean yeah, we've I talked about that before yeah, that was a lot of colt listen, mccoy and you, the, 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 the descent yeah. for texas in a lot of ways offensively started then colt mccoy we he was just so damn good Mathed we didn't realize it he really was covering up a lot of issues a lot of ineptitude that guy was the leading rusher in attempts and rushing yards in 2008 like mm-hmm. dude he was the entire offense right. but he, he was just throwing it to Quan and jordan shipley you couldn't double both of those damn guys and then in 09 it was the same thing with him and Jordan Shipley. But anyway, I digress. That's not my point. Uh, my point is, I think Texas is going to get back there. So uh, I just want to let's go ahead and get to pro day, and uh, you know I'll have some stuff from Mike Mayock on the site. Some of the stuff I just talked about. I've, I've got actually got some thoughts from him on Connor Williams, and we'll start there. Connor Williams on field workout. You know he did work out at basically every offensive line position you can. And his drills and his footwork drills, whatever the bag drills, all mimic movements you do at left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle, and even center. He had he did some shot. Yeah. And talking to Mike Mayock, he said, you know, as smart as Connor Williams is, as athletic as, athletic as he is, his He's ability to reach, um, if you're going to kick him inside, why not try to move him to center? Because of how important that position is when you Ooh. look at really, Rod, to me, the center position kind of changed in terms of value when you look at what the Cowboys did in building their Travis offensive Frederick. line with Travis Frederick. Yeah. And, and you and I did the show the, the day after that I draft, that. and we all laughed. Why are you taking a center to no, first no, 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 no. I did. Yeah. I had no, a, I I ranch on my show about how Cowboys fans are tripping. Yeah, because I was like, he's not a big name. You want a big name. You want a splash. I say, with this guy, you're going to be able to build the old line around him for 10 years. Black Stradamus was right. I remember saying that, so I wasn't I, that bad. I man. laughed it off thinking, I was like, no, why, couldn't you got, why couldn't you yeah. move You know, move back and yeah. pick up picks? And I was and like, no. Whatever. They, they, and then they started building that offensive line. They built the offensive yeah. line. Yeah. True. And building it for what we're going to play than the style right. that we have played. Yeah. So, you know, Connor Williams, I thought, had a – it's hard to look better than he did yesterday doing drill he's work. Like too, right? Yeah, he came in at 298. Said ideally he wants to play between 300 and 305. But some scouts don't like, I guess. I I thought he looked good. And, and, you know, Mike Mayock's take, he said he's going to get drafted depending on how a team sees him. Do they see him as a tackle? Do they want him as a guard? Do they want him as a center? Man, this upsets me about NFL teams. It really does, man. Go ahead, Rod. Floor is yours. I was about to be upset on on old scouts. And they've been proven wrong every time when they try to put football players in a box. Yep. Right? I want a quarterback that's this. I want that looks like this, Little that light. Is, you know, has this skill set. It's like you realize they come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. Yeah, and they're and they're. It isn't going to look just like it the one before. It Tom, took the Tom, NBA twenty years yes. to get past finding the next Jordan. Yeah, they, everybody keeps looking for the same guy. They want to look for the next Tom Brady. It's like you know the next great one ain't going to look like Tom Brady, right? <laughs> That's just not the way it's going to happen. Deshaun Watson. Go look at John Elway's skill set. It wasn't nothing like Tom Brady's, and and Joe Montana's was a little 
different too. They're all gonna look a little bit different, man. That's mm-hmm. what upsets me. They want to put everybody in the box. So they're doing the same thing with Connor Williams, right? They're like, well, man, I don't know if he's a tackle. I don't know if he's a guard. Okay, you saying he can why play can't them he all? Be both? Why is that? Why is that? A, why is that something to a negative? Why is that a point of criticism instead of being something that should be an asset? Because he can play all of it. We talk about the Cowboys' offensive line, Lyle Collins. Why do we like him? Because they can move him from tackle, move him back inside the guard, which you're talking about because they just picked up Cameron Fleming, right. a switch tackle who plays right tackle and left tackle. And they have a guy, Marcus Martin, who plays center and guard. They've made themselves injury-proof now because mm-hmm. they, they've manufactured depth because they got guys that can play multiple positions. We talk about it all the time on defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, why put that guy in the box? That guy can play. Zach this Martin's that. another guy that can play multiple yeah. positions. Man, him, yeah. it, so I, I would say I don't know why it's considered a bad thing when you're like, man, like Shaquem Griffin, people are like, well, we don't know if he's an outside linebacker, the one-handed player from UCF. Mm-hmm. If he's an outside linebacker or if he's an inside linebacker or if he can even play safety because he ran up 4-4 or 4-3 or whatever it was. And it's like, and they're like, man, that's going to hurt him. Like, why does that hurt him? That should make him, you know what I mean? That should be one of those guys you're like, oh, I covered this guy then because yeah. I can put him at anything. I can be experimental. That's because NFL coaches, as good as they are, they're lazy. They're lazy and they're stubborn they, um, in many oh, yeah. ways. So I think for Connor Williams, at first it's going to be a disadvantage because people are going to hate on him because we don't know where to put him. Oh, because we don't really think outside the box. And then his third year in the league, they're going to be talking about how it's his biggest asset. You know, he's one of the only players in the NFL that can play all five positions on the offensive well, line. And that's why I think he's like, okay, yeah, of course it is. That's I'd like to is. read some of these quotes and see which teams are saying what because there is, a, I'd say in football, the biggest rift between some teams that still do it their way and the way they've done it and some teams that are very forward-thinking. Oh, and it yeah. looks like the ones that are forward-thinking are hoarding all the good players and it's been going like that for that. a while with like the Patriots and the Eagles Patriots, and the Rams Eagles, and like yeah. there's a couple other ones Kansas that have City been doing, doing this it. over and over yeah. and over. Look at Kansas City's roster. Tyreek Hill. I don't know what to do with this guy. Like, look oh, at those linemen that they yeah. have. Like look at the Eagles offensive linemen. Like every single one looks like more like yeah. Connor Williams and like it, it, and, and then I bet they're looking for guys. Oh, hey, you're saying he should be a little bit heavier in the pants. You see how much we're running out here and the tempo we're going at? We'll take that 298 guy that's lean muscle in right. shape and versatile. Go, and it's the same thing yeah. that I mean I still heard up until two or three years ago with NBA players it blew my mind when you talk about position versatility yeah. in every other sport as a strength mm-hmm. and in football it's still possibly a weakness like Marwin Gonzalez are these baseball players that play all positions you aren't going to count them discredit them exactly you aren't right. going to do the same thing with these players LeBron can play all five you don't discredit that or like the idea when you look at each player and say they have well I just don't know if this one tool isn't up to par it's like yeah, so you're saying you're ignoring the other 99 that are awesome just because you're basically trying to discredit why you aren't going to be wrong about this guy instead of actually looking at what they do well. Yeah, it goes, it, it cuts across all levels. You know, there was a time where Texas didn't offer Quandre Diggs because they didn't know where to put him. Exactly. <laughs> I remember that. Like, I remember you talking about that. He like, came out of the like, womb cares? as a DB. Do you, do you know, do you know when Texas him? finally offered him? When Bob Stoops went to Angleton the day after they didn't offer it junior day, he's like, hell, I don't care. I'll put him somewhere. Like, he, can, <laughs> he can play for me. It's Quandre. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out later. That's a problem I want to have right. is what to do with this really talented football player here. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, Connor Williams, uh, a lot of the mocks I've seen, Rod, have him going anywhere from, like, the yeah. the upper 20s, like 21, 22, all the way down to the back end of the first round. And, and possibly drop. Well, you talk about Cameron Fleming signing with the Cowboys, team I've seen pop up a lot in Patriots. mocks for Connor Williams, the New England Patriots. They lost both of their tackles. They lost Nate, Nate Solder and they lost Cameron Fleming. So, ooh. Ooh, that would be awesome. Yeah, that's a Malcolm Browns there, too. So and they have some connection. picks to move up. From Ooh, the and we know, we know, Bill, Bel- we know Bill Belichick likes Tom Herman players because they took you Landon Roberts. And Landon he Roberts is and he spoke here last year, so they got a relationship. Yeah. 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 So we, we shall see. That's a nice one, Jeff. I like that. I'm bringing that up on the show. I'll give you credit. Speaking of Tom Herman players and the Patriots, uh, Deshaun Elliott had a meeting with the Patriots recently. Did he really? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, Patriots. he's an instinctual player. I can see Bill Belichick being intrigued. Yeah, because he's another guy. They want to know, is he a box safety or is he a guy that can play center field for me? It's like, um, I think he could do, do a little bit of both. I don't know if his strength, I don't know what his strength is necessarily in the league there, but he's instinctual, so you definitely could put him in the box and let him work. Yeah, right. The, the two you know D, I mean? the two DBs that, that are going to be drafted, Deshaun Elliott and Holton Hill, um, interesting skill sets because I, this is along the same lines, and this happens in recruiting all the time, and, and this is one of my pet peeves, and, and you're, you just really nailed it. Guys spend so much time breaking down tape and looking at what a guy doesn't do mm-hmm. that you totally miss what he does do. Yeah. <laughs> Malik Jefferson's a perfect example. 
example of this. He and is. I've got a story up right now about <laughs> his draft like prep. What's the, what's the knock on Malik Jefferson? Oh, he gets lost in the wash. Yeah. I don't know if he can take on he blocks. Can okay. Take on blocks, yeah. What does he do really well? He works he runs like a He runs yeah. like a deer. Yeah. And he every... can track the ball in the open field. So what was his draft prep all about? He's not going to get, like, stronger. He's not going to gain 20 pounds yeah. or suddenly become a guy you want that, that blows up things C-gap to C-gap. So he got with Clay Mack, who's one of the top private DB trainers in the country, worked mm-hmm. out with Jamal Adams and Jalen Mills. <clears throat> he got with Bobby Stroop and the guys at APEC and Fort Worth who were great at what they do with speed and explosive power, and they worked on taking this fast, explosive athlete. We're going to make him faster and more explosive, really open him up. So that way when he gets to the combine and he runs a 4.52, which is the third fastest 40 time among well, linebackers, back. when he runs a shuttle time at Pro Day, which I don't remember off the top of my head what that was. I had the number written down, but it would have been, I think, second or third among linebackers at the combine. 37-inch vertical jump, which I think would have been fourth yeah. among linebackers at the combine. So he really tested right across the board Top as good five. as any of the linebackers in the draft. Yeah. Might be the most athletic linebacker in the draft. Mm-hmm. Now you look at Malik Jefferson. Now what's the feedback he's hearing from NFL teams? Hey, we think this guy could be a really good fit for us at Will Linebacker. Mm-hmm. We can put him in space and he can run. No. You think so? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was about to say the way that you hear guys though say, oh, he gets lost in the washing or something like that. And it's like, wait, but that his job is to make the tackle. Your job is to put him in a position to make that tackle. Don't get him lost in the wash. Put him in a situation where yeah. you will be set up to succeed. He shouldn't be playing inside. <laughs> we all agree with yes. that. And I think they're talking about the film where he's playing inside a lot. You get that guy on the perimeter. You got him on the edge. You want him on the outside working in space. And that you be- want him meeting an offensive lineman in space, not an offensive lineman in a phone booth. Yeah, that's a flawed you way I mean? to assess you know, tape if you're, say, watching him do something you aren't going to have him do. Well, scouts are just critics, yeah. ultimately. And whether critics are telling you what's wrong with something, what's wrong with a movie, what's wrong with a restaurant, all that kind of things, they don't really compliment that. Also, the scouting season, which we're in now, it's all about the negatives. What does a player – give me reasons not to draft a guy uh, and you know, and then tell me if I can coach that, uh, coach <laughs> up that skill set. If those, if those negatives, those liabilities are coachable, can I get them out? Uh, or are they – is it a deal breaker, whatever mm-hmm. the liability is in his skill set? So that's what the scout's job is. So that's a lot of what we get. Mm-hmm. Um, at the draft, it's more about what a guy does well than what a guy you know doesn't do well. Yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned Malik Jefferson. I thought I thought those guys, Malik Jefferson, Deshaun Elliott, Holton Hill, I don't think they did anything at Pro Day that hurt them. Which is important. There wasn't anything that yeah. I looked at like, oh, gosh, that was bad. You probably shouldn't have done yeah, that. Yeah, that's or important. Maybe you should have done that more. It's interesting, though, Rod. I, I feel like Deshaun Elliott and I think Brian Broaddus at DallasCowboys.com, Brian Broaddus is a former scout, mentioned this. And I, I agree with this with Deshaun Elliott. And maybe you could talk about this and why this is. It seems like he's much better playing things when it's in front of him and he's got to come downhill and attack mm-hmm. than it is when he's in a backpedal and he's got to play things kind of moving backwards and try to track it that yeah, way. Yeah, because his instincts, and I think he's just a great instinctual player, uh, he can use those. It's less thinking when I'm attacking something straight on. I'm just using my instincts. And he's a great instinctual player. When you're backing up, there's a lot There's a lot of processing going on. So yeah. I don't think he doesn't process really, really well. And I, I hate to say it like that. That's not In terms of having a lot of time to think, if he doesn't have time to think and he just is reacting, he's great. Right. He's unbelievable. That's why his, his plays are bang, bang plays. Mm-hmm. All right? He's coming down. Boom. Hit a guy. Boom. You know what I mean? Uh, bang, bang. The tip. The pass was tip. Boom. He's right there. You know what I mean? He's a great instinctual player. But that's when you're face up front, you know, fronting something essentially. When he's backing up, he's got to process the route combinations, process what the quarterback's doing, what's the quarterback's shoulders doing. Is he, you know, he's, he's, uh, is he looking at this side of the field or this hash or this hash? So he's processing a lot of different things. I think that game will, that part will slow down for him mm-hmm. as he gets coached on the next level. Right now, that's why he's really good with things in front of him that he's coming downhill on. But if he's, if he's backing up, if he's going uphill essentially, then there's a lot more to process. Everything happens a little bit slowly, but there are a lot more things that you have to breathe yeah, that you should be reading. I, I think the key to with Deshaun Elliott and Holton Hill both to remember is these guys still don't have a ton of experience. No, they you know, don't. Yeah. Deshaun Elliott had the They're toe. Babies. Had the toe injury early in his yeah. freshman year, and you know, <clears throat> play was kind of more of a special teams guy and a backup guy as a freshman. And then for whatever reason, <clears throat> we talked about this too. I thought the biggest mistake that Charlie Strong and that defensive staff made in 2016 was they had Deshaun Elliott and Brandon Jones as their starting safety tandem for the Oklahoma State game. Mm. And I thought one of the biggest mistakes they made was pulling those guys the next week and going back to Jason Hall and Dylan Haynes. It's like, no, State you're going to have some lumps because these guys haven't played they're yet. Babies. But yeah. by the third or fourth game, they're your duo. They're going to be really good. And we saw that this year by about game three or four, like, wow, Deshaun Elliott's really good. And then we saw Brandon Jones make that ascent. So really these are both those guys. And Holton Hill had like the weirdest like six-game suspension I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) 
his sophomore <laughs> year was like he's playing one week, then he's he yeah. makes it to K State, but then he's like in the locker room for the first. I think he half, was on and probation then, and he kept violating. And then he probation. plays the next week yeah, and he's out the next things. week. So yeah. it's like, what are, what are you doing yeah. here? I don't I don't know. But and Holton Hill's got off field stuff that he's got to answer to, and then you know, yeah. he said he's felt feels like he's learned from his mistakes. He mentioned that at pro day. But I think if you're if you're uh, if you're an NFL team drafting these guys, obviously if you're drafting guys, you're drafting on upside. But you're thinking, yeah, with Deshaun Elliott, as he gets more reps, oh, man. it's going to become second nature, and I think I'm gonna have a hell of a player on my hands. Exactly. So I'm with you on Deshaun. That's why I think, yeah, if Deshaun's coming down to cover a guy, he's coming down because he's got to feel this gap, or he's coming down because you know he's in run support. His his role is already defined. It's like come right. down, do that. He's yep. like, oh, I can come down, do mm-hmm. that, and I'm do it fast at a real quick speed. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but when he's backing up, he's processing. I'm processing, processing. You know what I mean? So it's like the Apple computer with the uh, little rainbow wheel. <laughs> that's what happens to him a little bit when he's when he's going backwards. I like but I that. think he'll get he'll get better with that because that's just trust me. I, re- I remember that. I remember everything moving fast. I'm like, oh, the route combination. I recognize that. Oh, the quarterback. I'm supposed to look at that. Oh, I forgot about looking at you know this guy. Oh, this guy's threatening me already deep. You know what I mean? So there's so many things. He'll he'll get really comfortable with that process. He's just like you say. He's a baby, man. Yeah. And he's just how you just pointed it out right there, how it got to where the, you started to then notice things, but then you even in within that you're admitting it hadn't become a second nature yet. Yeah. Because then you're noticing them, but you aren't seeing them in your periphery and just sort of like in that neo matrix. Exactly. And you're then just that's when instincts have totally taken over. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk. I want to talk more about Holton Hill next week, right? Because I think he's interesting. Because I think if he gets in the yeah. right scheme where you can really take advantage of his skill set, I think he could be a, a real steal later in this draft. No question. Uh, but the guys that are late round guys or are gonna we know are gonna be priority free agents. I want to mention Puna Ford. Puna Ford didn't go to the combine, but yesterday I thought he had a great workout. Twenty nine inch vertical jump, uh, a nine three broad jump, which would have been top three for defensive tackles at the combine. A uh, forty yard dash. I think my stopwatch I had him at five one two. He was anywhere from four nine four to five one eight to the scouts. So I feel like I did boy, a decent man. job. I'm kind of right there yeah. in the middle. Uh, the five ten five shuttle was four four seven, which would have been the best for defensive tackles at the combine. Wait, and then the three cone drill oh seven four, which would have been top five for defensive tackles at the combine. And talking yeah. to Mike Mayock, it's a quick shifty uh, man. That's ta- again man. talking to Mike Mayock about Puna Ford. Brian Davis from the states and I were both talking to Mike Mayock about Puna Ford. And you know Mayock's take was that the the traditional nose guard. When you think of like guys that are like traditional three four nose mm-hmm. guards, that position has become de-emphasized because you're looking for more versatility. Rod, we talked about this yep. when Puna Ford was going to the Senior Bowl. The NFL is becoming such more it's more of a passing league that you've got to have a guy that can show you some pass rush ability and get after the quarterback. But I think what Puna Ford showed, and I think the, the, the best the best compliment that's been paid to Puna Ford is what Tom Herman said about him early in spring practice, which is he has not seen a harder. And you think about the programs Tom Herman's yeah. been around, that's the real. guys he's seen. He said he has not seen a guy like Puna Ford practice that hard consistently since he was a GA at Texas watching Casey Hampton. And Rod, you shared a you practice field, a locker yeah, room with Casey Hampton. That a, That's a pretty damn high compliment. Uh, yeah, Casey Hampton was a rare... He really led Texas in tackles I think one year. Yeah, when he was maybe, a big club defensive player of the year. It might have been two years actually. No, he's got some freaky stat like that. I'll pull it up. But yeah, but that's what kind of motor he had. Think about what you have to do to lead a team in tackles from the defensive tackle position. Yeah. We just talked about pursuit. Yeah. Like that guy, he's running downfield to get wide receivers who caught hitch routes and I'm still breaking down I'm like that's how much of a freak this guy was um, and so for him to get that kind of compliment and obviously one of the greatest Pittsburgh Steelers players of all time when, yeah. you, when you make the Steelers 75th anniversary Ooh. team no he's gonna he's arguably yeah. a Hall of Famer yeah. in the NFL yeah. he so, should be in probably and he was an undersized D tackle but he was a he was a nose tackle traditional nose for Puna people are trying to figure out because like you said the nose tackle position is an endangered species yeah. um, they, they, they want guys who can basically create disruption in pass rush. He can do that, though. He can disrupt. Yeah. I don't know if he's a pass rusher, but he definitely can disrupt. You hear what Malcolm Brown says? That everybody's hating on his height. It's going to end up being his biggest asset. Uh-huh. It's, it's gonna. Be, it's like the Jose Altuve thing we, we were talking was, about. It's yeah. going to be his big. He's like, because nobody's going to be able to win the pad level with him. He's going to already be passing. You're we, gonna saw, be we saw that him. last year. Yeah, and you saw it at the senior bowl. Yeah. The Ia Honda arms, that yeah. longest rank. Like, he's literally, if you were to make something just based on the physics of what you need to get the job done, he's the best thing possible. The low squatty guy that's shifty. He, you just admitted that among all NFL athletes, he's like the fastest and quickest changing direction. So inside that short space, that's insane added on to having yeah. the longest reach where you're going to keep them off of you while having the squattiest body type to have the best lower center of gravity. You couldn't yeah. create something right. better. It's the 
at Bumblebee. So yeah. I think Puna Ford got himself in a position where he's going to be drafted at some help. point. Yeah. Seventh guy, round. The guys, the guys that are priority free agents, uh, Jason Hall, right, and I heard you talk about some of this on, on the broadcast, um, and I agree with you. Jason Hall, it's going to be fit. It's going to have to be somebody that uses yeah. that hybrid linebacker safety position mm-hmm. that sees a fit for him because he ran he ran in the mid to low four fives, which That's I think good. 230 plus pounds for him yeah. is pretty good. Antoine Davis, you know, wow. I know Ahmad Brooks on the on the yeah. LHN special compared his pro day to Marcus Wilkins' pro day, a guy that didn't play a whole lot. Antoine Davis has film at corner and nickel. Maybe he could fit at safety, but you're talking about a guy that ran low four fours, high four threes, 28 reps on the bench. Which would have been the most yeah. by any corner at the combine. Yeah, Jason Hall also with a 10-10 broad jump. So you're getting an idea of the kind of athletic guy. And, Rod, we've seen guys, you know, whether it's Marcus Johnson or Adrian Phillips, mm-hmm. we've seen guys come through this program that have gone the undrafted free agent route and carved out really nice careers for themselves. The uh, Texas has basically been, especially on the offensive side of the ball, a bargain bin, a bargain basement for NFL scouts to find really good talent. There have yeah. been NF- offensive linemen, too. You talk about guys like Trey Hopkins and Kent Perkins. Kent Perkins. Yeah, there have been, I mean, at every level, a wide receiver position, we just talked about that with Marcus Johnson and some other guys. So, Fonzie Whitaker, Malcolm Brown running Malcolm back. Malcolm Brown yeah. running back, yeah. So they know there's talent here. It just hasn't been maximized or developed because Texas football has gone through its own little right. crisis. And it, it was 2000 that De- that he led the team in tackles. He and DeAndre Lewis tied for the team lead with 78 tackles, and he led the team with 18 tackles for loss and also forced four fumbles. DeAndre Lewis was a Mike that. linebacker, by the way, for the record. Didn't he go undrafted? Yes, D.D. Lewis is another guy. I can't believe I just called him DeAndre. Eight, nine years or something. He played in the league for a ton. Marcus Wilkins played seven years in the league. And then, Rod, real quick, we got about 60 seconds, but Amani Foreman, I had him at 4-4 flat. I thought he had a really good workout. This is something that I thought when he was recruited he could do this, and you mentioned it on the show. I'm really intrigued if an NFL team would get mm-hmm. him in a camp and say, why don't we flip him over the corner and yeah. see what he's got? You know he's athletic. Like a Richard Sherman. That's what Richard Sherman did, pretty much. He's got that body type. He is really athletic. I know that people have brought it up. Uh, I'm not the first one to bring it up. It wasn't my original idea. So, it's, it's out there. That's a Jerry Hamilton idea, too, by the way. Is it really? Recruit. Yeah. yeah, so, because he's that he's that kind of an athlete, man. He's really he, Remember, he's a good kick returner for Texas. Led the team in touchdowns. So, he can be productive as a wide receiver. He's hmm. not going to stand out working out. He's going to stand out when he gets in camp, and he can beat coverage. He can catch balls in really tough situations and in, in, in close uh, close in close quarters. There, uh, we've seen him make tough catches on the forty acres. I think that's where he'll stand out. But somebody may take the chance yeah. on him. At corner. Sounds like a Patriot guy. Yeah, I like that. All right, it is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that when we come back and close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven dot com. Oh, you're Paul. I'm the new sprintern. Ah, sprint plus intern. Yeah, clever. Right? Uh, I was just... Looking at getting an amazing iPhone 8? Yeah, because... They have an all-glass design, advanced cameras, A11 Bionic chip, wireless charging... And you get the best price for Unlimited. Nice meeting you. Uh, gonna... Yeah, now you're going to give your second phone to your new friend. Wow! Oh, oh my God, that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> get the best price for Unlimited. And now get one iPhone 8 and give a second one on us. Or get the unrivaled iPhone 10 now for just $20 per month. Visit your local Sprint store, sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Requires 18-month leases for well-qualified customers. Early termination results from remaining balance to excludes tax credits applied within two bills. iPhone 8, 64 gigabytes, $29.17 a month. Second iPhone 8 after $29.17 a month credit. iPhone 10, 64 gigabytes, $30 a month after $21.67 a month credit. Compared to unlimited HD plans for five lines, carrier features differ. Coverage and offer not everywhere subject to credit and third dollar activation fee speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business business day and now avant will also give you a 50 dollars amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time to check your loan options and to get this special radio offer go to avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying that's avant.com promo code 4646 avant.com code 4646 
Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty is here. With new beauty steals every day, it's beauty's biggest event, which means it's also beauty's biggest makeup bag makeover event. And beauty's biggest, is that price real, event. And beauty's biggest, well, you get the point. At Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty, every day is a new chance to get up to 50% off our most loved brands, like It Cosmetics, Tarte, and more. But the event ends April 7th. So hurry in to binge on beauty only at Ulta Beauty. Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty is here. With new beauty steals every day, it's beauty's biggest event, which means it's also beauty's biggest makeup bag makeover event. And beauty's biggest, is that price real, event. And beauty's biggest, well, you get the point. At Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty, every day is a new chance to get up to 50% off our most loved brands, like It Cosmetics, Tarte, and more. But the event ends April 7th. So hurry in to binge on beauty only at Ulta Beauty. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to Geico. I feel like a whole new person. Disclaimer, you will not become a whole new person. This is impossible. You might be able to join a gym or diet program, buy a new wardrobe, get hair implants, but your DNA and physical form will remain the same. Geico waives any and all liability if you attempt to become a new person, except a cyborg. If you choose to become a half-human, half-cybernetic organism with lasers for eyes, the Geico legal team would be cool with that because, quote, laser eyes are pretty sweet. Pew, 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 end quote. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. For a limited time at Sprint, lease one Samsung Galaxy S9 or S9 Plus and get one S9 on us. Plus, with Galaxy Forever exclusively from Sprint, you can upgrade to the newest Galaxy every year. It's like pre-ordering for the future. No other national carrier gives you what Galaxy Forever does. And it's included with Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. These phones are loaded with great features, including Samsung's best camera ever with super slow-mo, advanced low-light photo taking, and instant translation of street signs, menus, and more. You can also create AR emojis you have to see to believe. Switch to Sprint today. Lease a Galaxy S9 or S9 Plus, and for a limited time, get one S9 on us. Call 1-800-SPRINT-1 or visit Sprint.com slash Galaxy. S9, $33 a month. S9 Plus, $38 a month. And get a second S9, $0 a month after $33 a month credit applied within two bills. Requires 18-month leases with two new lines or one new line and one upgrade after 12 lease payments. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Excludes tax, subject to credit, and $30 activation fee. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Restrictions apply. I'm a one-trick pony. Literally. I show up at kids' parties and act cute. That's pretty much it. So excuse me for being bitter when Geico says not only could we save you money on car insurance, but we do more. Like give you 24-7 access online, over the phone, or even via our award-winning mobile app. Well, ooh la la. Aren't they multi-talented? <laughs> hey, I said organic carrots. <laughs> Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right, maybe we'll talk more Pro Day next week. We'll definitely get back into spring ball talk. I was at practice on uh, Tuesday. It looks like we'll get a little bit more today on Thursday, get another open window, so we'll see how that goes. But we will do that next week. Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you are more Rod than B, welcome. Rod B, appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt Fraud, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game for everybody at the Austin Radio Network, 104.9 the Horn, hornfm.com, AM 1260 in the Horn app, where you can hear Rod B on the Rodcast Shameless every day from 1 to 3. And thanks to Matt, you get this show on iTunes, TuneIn, and and on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.